Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, every single person out there, Facebook, YouTube, watching this stream. We are Take the Black, the only show on the internet that dares to talk about the things that the lamestream media, TM, I coined that term, won't talk about, like uh, sci-fi, fantasy, <laughs> dragons, space lasers, swords, horses, and such things as this. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WintersComing.net, yes. here with Daniel Roman, the other editor of WintersComing.net. Daniel Roman, how are you? Hello, hello. Hi. I'm doing spectacularly. It's a it's a Wednesday. It's spring. I have no complaints. How are you, Dan? I'm well. It's also nice. I'm about to go on a vacation. That's why I have suitcases behind me. And the dog's behind those. But as usual, he never. I'm always come dog. Show yourself. Be in the camera. It'll be fun. He's not a show oh, business oh, oh, dog. Oh, there he goes. He's he he he's he's moving a little bit. Maybe come up later. Anyway, oh, um, we have a bevy to talk about. Hello, everybody. Hello, Margaret. Hello, Martha. Hello, Natalie. Welcome to the stream. And Daniel, I'd like to get right into it because we have some hot topics today. Uh, the first of which okay. revolves around the HBO Game of Thrones prequel television series House of the Dragon set some hundred some years before the original telling the story of rival factions of the Targaryen dynasty battling for supremacy. And season wow, one came out last pitch. year. Yeah. Thank you. It was great. People loved it. The ratings were solid. We thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. I had a couple complaints, but overall, definitely um, probably better than I was fearing. Definitely better than I was hoping. Even. I, I, we, we really, really liked yeah. it. They're, they're working on season two, um, which is going to probably be due out next year, most likely. Uh, filming begins either April or May, depending on which leaker you ask. But soon, shortly, scripts are out, <laughs> sets soon. are built. Uh, actors talk about getting yeah. actors, actors, actors are talking about getting scripts. And we had last night a report from Deadline, which just for those who don't know is like a, a very reliable industry source that gets scoops. Um, talking about Indeed. the second season, some changes, the series as a whole, and some shakeups behind the scenes 
essentially, and Daniel, I'm sorry if I'm talking a lot, but um, I figure no. I'll just narrate. Tell this me, part I want to we'll open up the discussion. Cool, great. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> basically, <laughs> I'll drink coffee. Deadline reports. The big headline is that the first season of House of Dragon was ten episodes long. The second was originally going to be ten, and has now been pushed back to eight. Daniel, your mm-hmm. first reaction. You want to give us a spit take? Or um, are you horrified, sure. pleased, what? Well, I already swallowed the coffee, so I can't do mm. a spit take, thankfully, for all of the electronic equipment around me. But I, you know, I have been a big proponent of thinking it's not a good idea to do shorter seasons. Like, I, I wrote an mm. editorial about this a while back that I, I generally don't like that as a thing. But in this instance, I feel like it's probably... For the right reasons, Um, because my first reaction when I saw this was, you know what? I could see it that season two, what I envision for season two, I can't imagine them going past what I'm thinking of is really like a chapter and a half of the book. So and it's a lot of big battles. Mm -hmm. Um, So this did not worry me the way that it would for another show honestly what was your mm-hmm. reaction to this i mean it's dependent on why they're doing it and what's actually happening by the way hello skill over on youtube hey youtube peeps how you doing um yeah i mean i'm uh-huh. not someone who uh just like um almost what's the word uh fetishizes episode count for its own sake like honestly if if, if a sure. series needs to be seven six four ten episodes i think whatever's best is best like i i i think do that i'm gonna size queen when it comes to um episode yeah. line, ep- episode Agreed. counts um okay but at the same time like remember game of thrones remember in the episodes everyone loved the first six seasons the episodes a piece and then it went to seven and six and everyone said it was rushed which i kind of agreed with i thought they should have had more episodes um some flashbacks some mm-hmm. vietnam war flashbacks here we don't want the story to be shortchanged the <laughs> the longer story about why it was happening um was uh good reassuring a bit so basically deadline talked to a source okay and it wasn't really clear whether it was like an official source or someone telling this to them they called him like an hbo spokesperson i wasn't sure if they were talking at a school yeah. or if they were um like saying this officially i think out of school so what they said was that originally the season season two was going to be 10 episodes long and then because the first season was such a big success what hbo wanted to do was kind of Mm -hmm. make a plan for the whole thing like they want to do the entire series because for season one they only renewed it after season one began to air and it did great and then they were like, okay, season two is a go. But that meant that, you know, they didn't have yeah. things um, ready. Like they had to write new scripts and get a new writer's room together and uh, get a new casting department going and doing all that. So HBO wants to do this a little faster. They're look, already looking at, at renewing season three early, which would hopefully mean it's a little more like Game of Thrones mm-hmm. times when we didn't have to wait two years between seasons. And showrunner yeah. Ryan Condal got together with a Song of Ice and Fire and Fire and Blood author George R. R. Martin, 
And what Deadline said is they kind of mapped out the rest of the show. Like they're kind of looking at it lasting four seasons, which sounds about right for, for this story. If it's based on this book, Fire and Blood, which is, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, yeah, is very different from Long Western Fire. It's like we're tapping like sentences to whole episodes and it worked pretty good in season one. So whatever, because it's much shorter. Yes. Um, And in that restructuring process, when they were looking at, you know, how long should it be? What should go where? What event should happen where? They whittled, they moved something from the end of the original season two to the start of season three, some kind of big battle, not sure which one, and came up with, we should do eight episodes for season two. So, and the the spokesperson was careful. This isn't like a budget thing. This isn't like a um, David Zaslav, uh, is mandating that they reduce it. This is George R. R. Martin, Ryan Condal are thinking about it and they think this is the best way forward. And if that's the case, obviously yeah. I'm cool with it. If it really is based on that, the the trick there is how much of that is uh the 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 God's honest truth and how much is, you know, the HBO spokesperson spinning this in a positive light. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you know, I I'm inclined to believe that House of the Dragon probably has the support to do whatever it wants in this instance. So did Game of Thrones, though. So did Game of Thrones. I think the big difference here is House of the Dragon is just getting started. Yeah. um, Whereas Game of Thrones had been on the on the air for, you know, it was less than a decade by the time season seven started, but they'd been working on it for probably close to a decade at that point. Oh yeah. In terms of the, the production itself. It was itself. an old man. Yeah. Yeah. Not many so shows I get think, the six seasons you know, even. 
no it's true especially less and less now it seems like um in in kind of this prestige mm-hmm. era of huge big bi- uh prestige. big budget shows so i think i'm not worried about this i feel like it probably is for the right reasons i am really curious about what battle they're pushing back um i have a feeling I'm curious it probably it there's yeah. only it, try and say it like thoughts, without spoiling too much okay i will i think obviously there are going to be battles everywhere it's the dance of the dragons sure. to my eye it either means they're pushing back what i figured would be the climax which has to do with a certain uh, as you put it in the announcement for this a kerfuffle in Cl- king's landing thank you love that um, word good word kerfuffle. So, yeah so I think either that's going to get pushed back or they're going to take one of the things that happens before it and make it happen after, which I could see uh, yeah, them I could see that. finagling if it's like a minor battle or something like that. Um, but I, I just chuckled a second ago because I didn't even really think about this when I read this the first time, but I had mm-hmm. a, a trauma flashback from you just talking about this because that's what a George R.R. R. Martin move this is to be oh. like, we're pushing one battle back from the end of this into the next season. Because that is <laughs> like, right. that's what he said about a dance with dragons. It was supposed to have the battles at the end that got pushed back into the winds of winter at Marine, a battle in that's the a, fire and a, a battle in point, the yeah. ice. Um, presumably Marine and Winterfell or Stannis at Winterfell. So uh, it kind of cracks me up that House of the Dragon is it's taken a page from George's book here and they're pushing some sort of battle back to season three. Um, it's possible that George hopefully... took a page from George's book and like, actually he suggested <laughs> That's this. true. You know what you could do? You could push that battle back <laughs> to next season. Yeah. You know I mean, we, who we, knows? We can't get under the deadline. That's We're going to have to push it back. Um, yeah. That's that, that, that interesting. I love oh, my impressions funny. in the books, in the books, in the books, in the books. Um, yeah. That's cool. I, I figure that they have to have Rook's rest. I, I won't I won't say what, what happens with this stuff, because that's like not too far in. They gotta have blood and cheese, obviously. They're probably gonna have yeah. the twin uh the 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 Cargill bowl. They're probably gonna have the the battle of the gullet. Th- those are all they gotta have the pretty gullet. quick. Yeah. That that'd make a good ending. It would. It would make kind of a similar ending to season it one, would. frankly. Um <laughs> but you parallelism, that that they can make that work they, they can make yeah. that work for them. So basically if the way deadline is presenting it is the truth, then I'm cool with this. And, and, you know, that this also Same. kind of, uh, sheds light on the announcement that, um, you know, the, the, the crown guy, David Hancock is joining to write two episodes. So, okay. If they're restructuring a bit, it makes sense. They bring in somebody new. Um, I will say here's one final bit of, um, trepidation that okay. not long ago, Oh, by the way, um, Zach has a great comment on YouTube. Uh, they probably have a story they want to tell and a spot they want to stop at and realize they don't need 10 episodes better than getting two slow filler episodes, which, yeah, I agree with. Yeah, you know, I will say Same. one thing Game of Thrones never had and House of never had was filler. I don't think like there really was never an ounce of fat on this thing. It's just not that kind of show <laughs> or not that kind of story. Yeah, there's too much. You know, there's so much that it's like, what would a filler episode even look like? They're they're juggling, I don't know. you know. 10 plot lines all at once in the first place. Um, Camilla's salty about it, by the way. I understand my perspectives. I think it's too early to tell. I mean, again, if the deadline narrative is right, I think it sounds good. However, I want to know that 
there were rumors a while back which were much less charitable and th- there were rumors going around that's um, true this kind of online about um oh totally i i i mean when i heard about this i didn't that, think about that that they yeah gonna, yeah that that things are re are being rewritten they have to bring in they're bringing in georgia or martin to help and this does sound like the positive version of that like yeah th- yeah th- this sounds like the official line now the difference in that is the deadline has sort of the it's about the story it's about long-term planning it's about saving time between seasons it's all for the best attitude and the rumors yeah. were like it's a mess they have to rewrite everything. Nothing's working. <laughs> They're going to charge R. Martin. So, it, 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 yeah. They're kind of the same thing. The, the, the difference was like the pessimism the spin. versus optimism spin on it. Um, what's yeah. the truth? Probably somewhere in the middle. But uh, I would imagine we, we, we were, we're not really sure. And thank you, Andrew, yeah, for loving the live streams. Yeah. Glad you're here, Andrew. Yeah. I would imagine it's somewhere in the middle. I, and, you know, it's kind of indicative of what you'd expect, right? Anytime it, uh, something is internet gossip, it's probably mm. going to have a slightly more negative spin. And when a big sure. publication is Twitter, reporting yeah. on it, yeah, they might be a little more hesitant to really HBO be like, this is a shot. Yeah, it's a sign the show is falling apart. Um, I will say I could see this working really well, especially, again, keeping things low spoiler. Mm-hmm. You mentioned parallels, parallelism before. Parallelism. If something like King, yeah, if King's Landing, whatever happens there, is what gets pushed back to season three, that that's there will be multiple King's Landing things happening that season. I could see that being a really good parallel of like starting and ending the season with some King's Landing yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see too. quite a lot of stuff there. Um, There's lots of ways kind to of, go. Yeah, I think that's the thing. So aside from just the fact that I could easily like imagine how it would could work out well to re- restructure mm-hmm. in this way, um, I also think this is different than Thrones because eight episodes is a normal thing now. So it's it not just it's like they're gutting the show. It's like a lot of shows get eight episodes now. And I mean, um, and I that's like longer that than season- Thrones got. I would have liked it if seven if season seven or eight got eight episodes yeah. could have helped a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, reasons for some mild trepidation, but this is one of those things where we're going to kind of have to see what it looks like when it comes out. But I- I'm not too worried just based on I'm not too alone. worried either. It is interesting. And it is interesting how this is yes. basically the positive yes, version of that rumor that we heard and weren't given a lot and of credence to before. some of it. I mean, yeah, I guess. And confirmed it, some it, of it. It's, it, it, well, it, it, it's George all being about involved. Right. It's just remarkable how like the same set of facts can inspire completely different reactions depending on like how you phrase it and how you present it. Like the good version, the bad yes. version. By the way, some great comments. That's funny. Um relevant Nathan, to the other thing we're gonna talk about today. That is true. Uh Nathan says that about the filler episode that they left out a whole child in the first season, Darren Targaryen. I think <laughs> I, I think we're talking about Nathan and and that didn't have room for filler there's they're gonna bring him into season two was the last word on that but i mean frank I, maybe now who, who knows what they're being restructured I, I hope they do bring him in andrew asked what do we like more game of thrones or house of the dragon i think it's too early to tell um I thought the Agreed. first seasons were very competitive uh, with each other 
Game of Thrones is more flawless, probably. Um, but I I'll just House say I like Dragon. Game of Thrones more. Yeah, probably. Uh, House of Dragon was close. There's it a lot less. It's close. There's a lot it less incest in it, and I personally support that. <laughs> Wait, you <laughs> that there? You don't think the incest is is a selling point? Weird. Okay, whatever. But sure. I think if I had to choose which I'd rather watch, I would much rather watch ice zombies than incest. But um. Yeah, I am honestly not sure. If the incest tell. is great, give me some more incest. But um <laughs> I like Game of Thrones more, but I am not anti-incest on TV. In real life, yeah. I love Fair. I love disclaiming this. <laughs> um I, I, I was go. on board for the incest in House of the Dragon. Damon Shippers didn't. All me. right, you heard it here first. It was. Uh, come on, as long as Amy gets plenty of screen time and Alice, yes. And Jay Patel says they said they're unsure whether to end the series three or four seasons. Yeah, Jay, the article said that they weren't quite sure whether it was three or four, but they were leaning towards four, which, of course, I would prefer more is more is better for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I Lizzie think four is excited is kind to get to Westeros. Eerie Winterfell to meet Krieg and Stark. There's a lot of good stuff in the future, and I'm curious. Hopefully 2024 Truth. will be out. And yeah, as um, by the way, great comments, people. Thank you for, for, for keeping these coming. As Martha says, it could be another good thing if it means we have less of a wait time between seasons, which planning it out all out ahead of time and renewing things earlier would be great. And just in general, HBO yeah. is really riding high, man. House of the Dragon and The Last of Us. They now have the two biggest genre shows on TV and they can run them one year after another. They're in a good spot right now. Yep. I just hope this yeah, they is are. all for the best. I, I think one other thing to keep in mind, this is my last point to, mm -hmm. to put across for this change. Um, with Shadow and Bone, one thing that I heard the showrunner say is Netflix gave them the option. You can have 10 episodes or you can have eight episodes with a higher production value. Hmm. And I imagine House of the Dragon is early enough in production where that is going to apply here too. It's not like their budget is getting slashed to have eight episodes. I imagine they're still going to get the same budget over less sure. episodes so they'll be able to make them bigger and better. That's the Maybe. hope. We'll see what actually happens. I mean, it, the, I, I could see it. I could also see just H because with respect, uh, Shadow and Bone is not House of the Dragon. Like House of the Dragon is no. um, like award winning Emmy nominated kind of um, prestige fantasy trash where Shadow and Bone is more normal fantasy trash. Uh, I, I'm not sure they'd have access to <laughs> a, as as big of a budget, but maybe. Well, no, that's not really my my point is not that their budgets are comparable. It's that House of the Dragon probably will still have the budget it had, but it will sure. be allocating oh, sure, sure, sure. it to oh, less sure. episodes gotcha. so it can put more budget in each episode. That Ten that would be four. something I'd hope to see from this. But we'll see. And then there's the Jon Snow show Martha brought up. Um, yeah, uh, Tulki did not enjoy Shadow and Bone uh, as it went on, which I think we are both in agreement with Tolkien. Dan did not like it either. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. And I like Nathan's asking whether they <laughs> needed to bring in George to fix the Darren Gap. I love that the Darren Gap or the Sea Smoke ownership issues. They should have asked him at the start about Sea Smoke and stuff. We're getting off topic, though. We're in the weeds here. Um, should we move on to our next juicy, gossipy, drama channel type topic? 
Yeah, unless you had a, a little map you wanted to show. Do you want to skip oh, that right. or do we want yeah, to touch no, no. on yeah, that? Yeah, 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 let's quick. do it. Because I thought that um, was pretty, pretty cool. What's the deal with this? It is pretty cool. So, okay. Um, a Game of Thrones fan named uh, Clint Stevenson went to the Cushing Library at Texas A&M University, which is where George R. R. Martin like sends all his personal papers. Authors have this sometime, like a, a repository for the papers. Mm-hmm. And he found a map of Westeros drawn in 1993, three years before a Game of Thrones came out, the first ever Game of Thrones book. And just this is like a really early yeah. conception. It's really kind of cool. The shape looks the same, but Heron Hall is where the eerie is and oh interesting yeah and heron like there's no castle by the god's eye which is where heron hall is now like is yeah in canonically so he changed the location of heron hall i think like um uh sun spear is called like iron rod or something a different name the arbor is called the roin so he just kind of changed things around. Okay. Interesting stuff. Oh, that's interesting. The Arbor is called the Roin. So there's a, I, I always love looking at Martin's like older works or broader works because the Roin, obviously that is the river in mm-hmm. Essos. Um, that's, I believe Nymeria came from. Yes, it is. Um, so it, it's always cool to see how like the Erie is a, that's a thing in other books of his like Windhaven there. There is a, a place called the Eerie. So it's like he likes oh, to shuffle yeah. things around once he decides he likes them. Um, that's really cool. He likes birds. I love seeing it stuff really like cool. that. And by the way, someone asked about, about, about the Mandalorian. We'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But first, Daniel, yes. um, what is going on in the drama corner of the internet? And who does it involve? <laughs> and why should we care? Okay, well... One of the biggest dramas of the past week since last we spake was uh, <laughs> revolving around Brandon Sanderson, um, who is huge who? best-selling fantasy author. He mm-hmm. finished The Wheel of Time. His mm-hmm. own works like The Stormlight Archive and Mistborn um, are big enough that he's basically like one of, if not the best-selling living fantasy author right now. Gotta um, be wired. I think he probably is the best selling living currently, partially because he just writes so many books. Yeah. Um, so he's selling a lot of books. But according to Wired the article, profile, he made 55 million last year. Which is a total um, mis- misnomer. It's just an incorrect statement. It is? <laughs> so, oh, is that well, not yes, right? They were taking. It is not right. They were taking the kick. So we're going to get into this. So Wired published a profile on Sanderson. They sent a journalist out. How many ways uh, was he wrong? It was Jason Kehe. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of ways. Um, and basically, the profile just evolved into mudslinging. It was basically about how this journalist couldn't wrap his head around how Brandon Sanderson is popular. He doesn't understand why people like him because he personally did not like Sanderson's writing. And that is the whole premise of the article. The article and, like, really does not find tell him you very an much engaging about conversationalist. Sanderson. It doesn't. So weird. It, this guy, yeah. so this Jason Kehe, who, you know, don't go slag him off or anything, but just, you know, Sanderson has asked you not to. So about don't. using his name, because I mean, like he heard, his name's on it. This guy profiles Public this record. hugely yeah. successful, um, very influential fans. The other Brandon Sanderson, and the entire article just reads so bizarrely. It's like 
condescending the whole way through this quote had me got me like he sits across from me in an empty restaurant kind of lordly and sure of his insights in a graphic t-shirt and ill-fitting blazer which he says he wears because it makes him look professorial it doesn't he isn't like the little slights throughout are just so petty and just seem so out of place his wife is there Uh, yeah his biggest fan always his first reader making polite comments i don't care maybe nobody writes about you i say to sanderson because you don't write very well he's like this guy is like trying to i don't know what he's trying to do like convey the idea that he's (laughs) some kind of rebel like um uh, uh like a uh, gonzo writer who's not afraid to take it there and do things that people won't but he just comes across as a guy who has never been around a nerd before and wants to push him into a locker yes. it's so weird yeah and a lot of the comments are just again like the one the examples you just used they're really um not very Nine. helpful. They don't really tell you anything. They're just like cruel asides. Um, so there's a whole like can of worms with the ethics of this thing that it just, I am, it, I will just say for me personally, it made me really look at Wired in a different light as well. You're basically a tabloid because you had this opportunity to interview this huge author and all you could find were just ways to basically insult him for being a nerd. Um, insulted his fans and a Mormon don't forget insulted that. one of his children yeah and here's the irony with this this is this is the thing that gets me with this okay. so there is an actual controversy around the fact that Sanderson tithes money to the Mormon church and the Mormon sure, church that's is famously anti-LGBTQ <laughs> and you Sanderson wrong, has talked yes. about that well, uh, yeah I, it was supposed to be a B <laughs> yeah. but here, here I am um yeah, so that is a whole thing, and Sanderson mm-hmm. has responded totally. to it. It is a fascinating topic to hear his his opinion for how he justifies it. And what a how great thing to about write it. about! How interesting and, would it be if we heard something about that? Yeah, and so totally sidestepped this actual thing that is very newsworthy and worth discussion to basically make jibes about. Um, the fact that he's religious and how that seems weird to this writer who came off of the throne of San Francisco and oh, flew out bits. to frozen lame Utah, which that sounds like I'm being I didn't like the Japanese like, sushi that's a, food. No, that's exactly what he wrote. This like, there, yeah, there are I things, can't believe yeah, I dragged himself away from my good food in my warm place to go to Salt Lake City where it's cold and the sushi isn't up to par with what I get back in Plan Fran. Oh my God, it's kind of like such a, yeah. just a you're your baby thing. Yeah, so this is the thing where it's like, not only is this just bafflingly short-sighted, but it also is just bad journalism because I, I feel bad for the people who read it, who read Wired, who don't know enough about Sanderson to know that it's not an informative article who now know less about Sanderson than they did when they read it uh-huh. um, because there's so much misinformation in it. And so the kickstart, the, the money thing, money, mm-hmm. apparently just misspeaking is the name of what I'm doing today. Um, the, the income for 2022 saying he made 55 million. 
So that is including Sanderson's Kickstarter profits. One that is okay. his company, Dragonsteel, had a record-breaking Kickstarter. But a Kickstarter Famously, is yeah. not profits. They were saying this is his his income, and it's not his income. Uh, it is oh, gotcha. a business endeavor he did, most of which is going to go toward the overhead of fulfilling the Kickstarter. It's not profits he's taking home. It's not what he made in the year. Um, so not only did this Jason Keighley guy like, was just <laughs> snide and condescending throughout the entire thing, he didn't even get the facts right, really, or at least Correct. presented them in a way that was very misleading. Hmm. Like nothing. That's what this. that is. Yeah, that's my opinion. Like um, the Mormon bit. Like I like there are legitimate reasons to have critiques sure. of the Mormon Church. I believe that they are, as you said, uh, notable for being having some policies that are anti LGBTQIA plus. That's how you say it. Warp on the boots. Um, but Thank the you. way that this guy did it, he just like th- th- there's a line there. He literally like says to Brandon Sanderson, like, "So you believe all this stupid stuff, right?" And like, that's the critique. That's just rude. That's disrespectful. That's not a critique. That's not like a structural um, criticism of an organization that could actually yield some interesting discussion. That's just you being a bully about the guy's religion to his face. And that's what he chose to go with. And the bits where he complained, like there are long stretches where he's like, Sanderson Sanderson is giving me nothing quotable, nothing I can use. And we're naming all these things you could ask him about the Kickstarter, the actual issues of Mormonism. Um, You know, the the, the way he builds his worlds. Uh, Just sure, like look at the fact that he has some family working for him and talk to them about what they do and why they like it and why they're part of this job. Um, There's so many avenues to go down. I don't believe Whatever Sanderson was saying in these stretches that he said weren't quotable, I think he's wrong. I probably in there was I good completely stuff. Completely agree. He just did not cotton on to because apparently his interests are like these weird myopic um, tunnel of whatever he was looking for. He didn't find, and he was probably like being just pelted with gold and just ignored it because I don't know what's the matter. The bits where he said he like cried in the shower because nothing, or that Brandon Sanderson showed his home theater. And then he cried Hugh watching Jackman. the British showman because yeah. he hates the movie so much. So weird. So weird. The bits where he went to the convention and basically like called his fans like that they all smell bad, that they're smelly nerds. Just um it it's it read and, and I think Sanderson responded on Reddit saying like it read like a 1980s takedown of nerds, which it did. It, it read like this guy yeah, has never totally been did. around a nerd. He's never been around a nerd like, okay, yeah, he's going to talk at length about like dragons and crap you find boring. And he wants to show off his cool like home theater system. And he signs a lot of autographs for folk who are in costumes like, dude, this is not uh, abnormal stuff for nerds. This is pretty standard stuff No, And you're treating it like you've just stumbled into some kind of aboriginal civilization cut off from the rest of the world, just newly discovered. Uh, people who like don't know what a I don't know like a bathtub is. It was oh my god, it was bad. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. So this happens. Don't harass him. Um, don't don't harass him. Sanderson has asked people to leave him alone, and you have to respect that. He he responded. His response was very kind. You can find it on Reddit. You can find it on WinterIsComing.net. Dan wrote up a great, great article about it. Um, but. Yeah, generally, I I very much agree with all the things you're saying. Um, the the one last 
takeaway that I really had is the so the end point of this story, the thing that made mm. the story for this person is Sanderson saying, as I build books, God builds people. And this person right. was like, what did you say? And as if it's some kind it's just of such a, weird, bizarre key to his secret cult. I don't know. But but here's the funny thing about this, right? So I am saying this. I'm not Christian, Mormon, mm-hmm. yeah, any of those things. Um, but having any sort of spiritual uh, uh, like la- language or understanding, what th- that doesn't seem very profound. And basically, Sanderson responded on Reddit and said, the ironic thing is, I don't even I remember. Don't yeah, mm-hmm. he said, I don't even remember saying that because that's not a huge profound thing to me. That's just... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. I make books. God makes universes and people. Cool. Um, like, so, yeah, it seemed much more like a personal journey of discovery for a writer who couldn't wrap their head around how someone was more famous than they are when they're so much cooler. Um, <laughs> and that's and so much cooler. Yeah, good it's, call. A sh- it, it's a shame because, you know, fame and it, perception, you know, someone can seem famous to you. But if you don't take a step back to understand how your perception affects what you think is famous, mm-hmm. um, you can fall into the trap this guy did, which is who's this nerd no one's heard of. Meanwhile, he's like the best selling fantasy author in the world. So there was definitely a lack of is the tea. perspective and self-awareness. Yeah, I could see that. But the fact that yeah. Sanderson is being profiled, because we, we've said before, we're like a breath away from his books being adapted to the screen somewhere. Oh, sure. Like, he's too successful yeah. for Hollywood not to notice at this point. You, like, yep. can't get around it. The so Kickstarter later, did it for him. Yeah. So, so, so we'll have that stuff going on um, pretty soon. And you said that another publication got an interview with him, uh, probably jumping on this yes. one. Did, did he say anything about that in there? Or anything interesting in general? Yes. Yeah. So it's ironic. Uh, all the things we're saying, they could have done this. Esquire published an interview with mm. Sanderson today that basically did all the things we're saying you could have done. Um, so mm. theirs is great. Amen. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, it really gets into the nuts and bolts of his business and all this different stuff. His What he's trying to do with his publishing. Um, and they did touch on this. So... Uh, Esquire went down, it seemed like, right around the same time that the dude from Wired did. And they actually had their interview scheduled to go up the same weekend as the Wired one. And they pushed it back because obviously the Wired one just ate all the air out of the room because it was viral for how awful it was. Um, And what they did is they pushed it back and they they reached out to Sanderson and Jason Kehe and said, hey, do you want to talk about this Wired piece that happened? Sure. Um, so here's what Sanderson said over the phone a few days later. He said, I felt betrayed. That was the strongest Ooh. feeling I had after spending so much time talking to Jason about things he seemed so interested in. Ironic said he's not oh. interesting. He seemed interested. Um, but I respect him as a colleague. He's a writer. Nice. So he has to write what's true for him. Just like you do to the writer from Esquire. And just like I do. And then uh, Sanderson tells me he hasn't heard from Kihi or anyone else at Wired since the profile ran. But I hope I can talk to him again at some point, Sanderson says. Anytime I get criticism from anyone, 
My job is to listen. And he compared it to... He's really coming off well here. He really is. He compared the experience to something from the Cosmere, which is his fantasy universe. One of the main themes in my Mistborn books is that it's worth trusting people even though they can hurt you. It's better to trust and be betrayed in real life too. Um, So that is the tack he's taking, which is just class act. Um, They did reach out to Kihi as... Yeah, they reached out to the journalists from Wired as well, and the only response... They asked him a bunch of things about, about was he surprised of the responses to the story? Uh, mm-hmm. Why did he read so many of Sanderson's books if he didn't like them? The journalist just wrote back, as I've said to others, the piece belongs to readers now. They get the last word. Um, okay, so the last word is your piece sucks. That's all my of word. you out there, you, um, there's one other one. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. All right, while you do that, I will say to Andrew, thanks for the comments on the Phantom Madness poll. Yeah, we'll put the uh, the new polls yeah. up today. Only two. There are only two left. It's going to be Dream versus Aziraphale and Crowley. The gaming people are really into it. And then Joel versus Spider-Man. And I'm going to tell you right now, Andrew, if you want Joel to win, you're going to have to work hard because those gaming stands Truth. have come out in force. Neil Gaiman actually yeah, um, the wrote, like, wrote very, very briefly on his Tumblr, like three words about the polls, which I am uh, yeah. very excited about. Thank you, Neil Gaiman. But um, <laughs> I hope that the polls are fierce. I hope that The Last of Us gets wind of this. So yeah, you um, boost us too. And then Neil Gaiman boosts on the other side, and then we'll have a proper battle royale. Yeah. Find your quote, Daniel. I did. I did. So this last one um, revolves a little bit around like the criticism that Sanderson got with his Kickstarter, a lot of people saying support more diverse authors, support Mm. authors at the beginning of their careers, like all sorts of different reasons for, you know, when someone's really successful, people like to take shots at them. Um, And basically, so this is before the wired profile, this next quote. Mm. And I think this is a good one to leave the Sanderson topic on. They asked, were you surprised by the criticism when your Kickstarter did well? And he said, I wasn't surprised. When you're at the top of your field, you're a lightning rod for criticism, and that's actually healthy. The industry needs that. We don't need people criticizing the person just starting out. This is where the criticism should go, he said, pointing at himself. And again, it's kind of like the right, it speaks for itself. Um, You know, the article painted him in a real bad light, and everything he said since then is just like, he's just a nice person trying to write books people like damn folks could like study his responses for like examples of how to do pr well after a kerfuffle they really could of a because he's yeah Yeah. this is very good management and i'm sure it's sincere but um it's just it's same it's 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 a very good template but okay enough about brandon sanderson up and coming i mean he is because he he, He he's his career <laughs> isn't done rising. Like once he gets into Hollywood, nah. you think it's successful now? He could become that much bigger, and he could have like he's a know, twenty year, <laughs> uh, overnight fifteen year overnight success. <laughs> Any case, uh, Daniel and everyone out there, you guys watching anything? Did you watch The Mandalorian, Daniel? The new one? Um, I have. I have not had a chance to watch the new Mandalorian quite Neither yet because uh, I've been embroiled in the Sanderson stuff a little bit today. So I, I haven't seen it. Uh, if you guys out there have seen it, what did you think of the latest episode? Yeah, let us know. Um, 
I I, I like either the last yet. one I will, before but this. Yet. Cool. Yeah, same. I will probably watch it later tonight. I've been enjoying this season. I'm still feeling a little bit of the, you know, the franchise fatigue just by how, yeah. you know, much they rely on linking it to other stuff. Um, it's a but shame because it is more than I expected. It is well done. But yeah, it's just hard to escape yeah. that just there's some hype let out of the tires where there's just so much Star Wars stuff. Something that has a lot of hype yeah. uh, around it, I thought led up. It was John Wick Chapter Four. I saw it over yeah. the weekend. Tell Keanu me, Reeves, how was like, it? Killing. It was great. I mean, these movies do not miss. They are just a um, excuses to stage these incredibly elaborate, very fun action sequences in like real locations with a lot of stunt work. And they're just so much fun to watch. You can just tell people are just, this is, these are action filmmakers passionate about dazzling you in ways that don't feel cheap or overly CGI and just like, just, and and at the same time, it's also the, the the movies have succeeded in making their own little weird pocket universe with its own rules about this like assassin um, economy that John Wick exists in. And they've gotten like fairly complex and stylized (laughs) to the point where like, yeah, I I, I wonder what the fanfic book are doing with with John Wick. Um, So those two threats are both really fun. And then Keanu Reeves is is a very appealing through like leading guy who just kind of drags you along emotionally and has a real arc, even though he says like, I think eight words total. Um, it's great. I, 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 I love it. I loved watching it. Um, I, I hope the series continues. I'm I'll, I'll, I'll watch the spinoff. Probably. I have been, I have become a fan of John wick in the past, like, uh, six months. I, I watched the movies and we're like, how, how have I not watched these before? And then saw this, and then this first one I saw in the theater, it was great. I recommend it. Rock on John wick. Awesome. I'm really surprised that the mythology has has grown to the point that it has. Well, I guess surprised is the wrong word, but watching the first one, if you had asked Mm -hmm. me when I watched the first one or two, that wouldn't have been the thing I predicted. Like this will go on to the point where like we actually have conversations about the Continental and the ballerinas and stuff. Um, Yeah. And the high table and all this like there's there's. Yeah. You if you want a franchise, pretty much all for like fantasy, fr- and, th- and this is fan- a fantasy franchise more or less, start having a mythology for the fans to like cling on to. You want the lore, like you want some stuff, yeah, for people to ha- have a way to think that they're fans of this, like a secret handshake almost. Like, do you know yeah. the rules behind how this duel's supposed to work? Then you're a fan. It's that kind of thing. It's fun. Yeah. And they kind of like ease you into it in a way that I think worked yeah. really well. Cause like you said, John Wick is, you know, if you want to study doing action scenes well in a way that will not make Man. your audience's eyes glaze over and still mm-hmm. be telling cool stories, John Wick is just at the top of that game right now. Ooh, um so good. So I wonder good. if they're gonna make another one. They've that has been a big conversation topic in the past week. Yeah, we'll we're see. not sure. I won't. I won't spoil the end, but it's. Um, they could. They could not. It opened Last really 10. strong. So if it makes enough money, I don't know. It might be happening no matter what or not. Yeah, we'll see. Watch anything else, Daniel? Um, I haven't really been watching over much this week. I I've been mm-hmm. reading Six of Crows still by Lee Bardugo. Ooh, and, yeah, and, and 
Yeah, and that's been really good. I'm definitely to the point. I saw one journalist tweet about this and it cracked me up and I thought it was on point that the Shadow and Bone book fans didn't like season two, but still want the show to succeed because they really want the Six of Crows spinoff. And I will <laughs> say now that, that, that I'm into Six of Crows. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that because I want that show. I think if we've made it through two seasons of Shadow and Bone, we we deserve the Six of Crows <laughs> spinoff. Um, so I hope it happens. The other main thing I've been doing, and I'll just touch on this briefly because it's a George R. R. Martin related thing. So I've been playing Elden Ring a lot. I finally beat <laughs> Elden Ring after Good for you. many, many hours. Thank you. Thank you. I was very proud. But the thing that cracked me up, so I don't know if you remember this, but like when it came out, there were a lot of uh, hot takes like, what did George R. R. Martin even contribute to this? Like, he doesn't play games. Like, what did he really do? Um, sure. I, I still wonder. That. I've just got to... Well, I, I will say now that I'm getting into the lore of Elden Ring, it is the mm-hmm. most George R. R. Martin stuff I've ever heard in my life. Like it is so mm. obviously his style. The demigods are families uh, that are clashing over the land and and stabbing each other in the back. It, it is so on brand for him. And they, I mean, they confirmed is, but... he did like the history of the world. Sure. So that is what it... he did was the backstory for them. It's also not that dissimilar from like the lore in Dark Souls or Bloodborne, though. Like it, it that also has That's some fair. of the same themes going on. So, um, yeah, they made a good match, Miyazaki and, and George R. R. Martin. Exactly, they thought because they thought alike yeah. anyway. It, it's kind of hard to. That's untangle. exactly what I was gonna say. They they totally mm-hmm. seem like, like a perfect pair to build a world like this together. Um, but yeah, that that's the main thing. Uh. I've been up to in the past week, but there. So the Dungeons and Dragons movie comes out this yeah, weekend, next mm-hmm. weekend. This Are weekend. you going to go see it? I don't think I have time this weekend. I hear it's good, though. Our reviewer. Um, I've been hearing a lot of good things. <laughs> Richard Urquiza did not like it. But to be fair, Richard, if you're watching, sounds you, right. don't, you don't like much. <laughs> what do you You're love? harsh, Richard. <laughs> but yes. He, he, I mean, he didn't think it was terrible, but he thought it was, I don't know, uh, uh, like a that's roll, roll to 10, if you will. Okay. Okay. I mean, I Richard, good, I'll take that I, as a glowing review. I I won't, I won't see it this weekend. <laughs> I won't have time, but um, I'm curious about it. Are you going to see it? Um, I'm not going to see it this weekend, but I will definitely be watching it. That and John Wick, I'll probably get to next week at some point. Um, Maybe before our next show, I'll have seen at least one of them. I also watched Succession, the season four uh, premiere shows as good as ever. How is it? It's the final season. It's great. It's 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 great. It was great. They they always have every episode. They have a thing where they kind of skip forward to the next inflection point and they just tell the story about that. They don't really do like a Game of Thrones, like stories move on bit by bit. It's like the next big event. And yeah, the Roy kids versus the Roy dad. Loved it. Into it. Want more of it. I'll watch it. And Perry Perry Mason, too, continues to be good as well. And what do we think of the Lord of the the new Lord of the Rings movies coming? Asked Andrew. Um, TBD, but have a bad feeling about this. We'll see what happens. (laughs) <laughs> Anything else? Yeah, Anybody that. out there or you are watching before we move on, Daniel? Um, no, I am ready to lightning round. I, I will just say, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with the Lord of the Rings movies. I'm giving it a side eye until I've got mm. a real good reason not to. By the way, Steven's Stephen Howie says, movie. 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, not expecting an art film. That makes sense. Why would you? But you're expecting to laugh and enjoy some references to the game I love. I feel like that's exactly the attitude to go into that with. Um, Leo asks, did anyone see Swarm? I I have not, but I've heard nothing but good things about Swarm. So I didn't know anything about it until like a week and a half ago, but I've just seen so many people talking it up um, that I might need to watch it. Some fun stuff breaking out. Um, let's see if we hit any fun little smaller breakout stories in the Wick News lightning round where Daniel and I and the guests sometimes. I thought, thank you, uh, go through some stories we didn't have time to get through in the main body of the show and give our 20 second takes. We go over one second. We are punished horribly off camera. How? None of your business. Anyway, Daniel, um, <laughs> let us begin. Yes. Um, as usual, didn't arrange blah 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 blah. Okay, I'm gonna ask you first. Uh okay. Daniel Roman. 20 seconds on the clock. Yes. Please give us your opinion on this first look at Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn in Joker Folie A Deux, the Joker sequel to the Joaquin Phoenix movie. Um, I it gets me excited. I like Lady mm-hmm. Gaga a lot. I'd love to see her do a really unhinged role like that. So <laughs> shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, just get gets me hyped. I I want to see what the how this turns out. I'm more curious for this than any other DC movie coming in the in the remote near future. Yeah. Perfect. Go on. Under the buzzer. All right. Um. So this is a less happy story, uh, yes. but an important one. So Mm -hmm. Jonathan Majors, who is Kang in the MCU, was arrested and arraigned on charges of assault and harassment over the past weekend. Yeah, the story is still coming together. But basically, the story is Jonathan Majors um, assaulted a woman, possibly his girlfriend in New York. He was arrested, arraigned. We'll see what happens. His lawyer says he's innocent. But of course, her lawyer says he's innocent. Um, The charges are still there. Good Lord, it couldn't come at a worse time because he's huge right now. He's in Creed. He's in Marvel. Uh, So we'll have to see how that works out because that could cause some big problems for Disney going forward. Um, That's exactly what I And for a lot of folk. And of course, um, we hope justice is served as well. uh, Whatever situation is. Yeah. Whatever they suss out in the legal process. All right, Daniel, um, a bit more mild of a story. The seventh season of Outlander is coming. It's going to release in two eight-episode chunks. The first premieres on June 16th, and the second uh, sometime uh, next year. Yeah, um, so this is actually something Outlander has done before during its first season, I believe, and it worked great. So I I think that's fine that they're going to release it in chunks. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm excited for... I think this new season of Outlander is probably going to be really good. They've had a lot of time to iron out any kinks. It's an ambitious part of the story. The Revolutionary War. Thumbs up here. Finally. Um. So, Dan. Oh, this is yeah. cool. We were just talking about this earlier. So, Black Panther director Ryan Coogler is rebooting the X-Files with a diverse cast. Yeah, so says Chris Carter, the guy who made the original X-Files show. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, yeah. The X-Files is, is an important show. Um, laid the groundwork for a lot of shows we watch today, genre series. 
Um, it'd be cool. I, I'd be into it. It's lasted a long time. Like they had Mulder and Scully, like David Covington and and Gillian Anderson, in a show like a couple of years ago. So for like a yeah. proper reboot, yeah, sure, bring it on. I'd be interested. Why not? Yeah, I'd give it a chance for sure. <laughs> um, in the Last Kingdom corner of the internet, there is a new Last Kingdom book coming, but it is yes. a cook, a Last Kingdom cookbook that also has stories written by Bernard Cornwell. It's called Uhtred's Feast. What's the deal with this one, Daniel? Yeah, I think this is super cool and a little funny. So it, it is a cookbook with 80 recipes. <laughs> Bernard Cornwell met oh, this chef. So they're like Anglo-Saxon medieval recipes with okay. some short fiction for Uhtred that Bernard Cornwell could never quite figure out a place to tell. So like one story when he was a boy, one when he was still an advisor to Alfred, stuff like that. Hmm. I love this. I, it's fun to see something different. And I've never seen a cookbook story hybrid like that. Yeah, neither I'm there what he has. Yeah. And yes, Maybe I ran innovate. along on the buzzer because destiny is all. Um <laughs> speaking of innovating, I don't know if this is innovating. I don't know. It's not. I, I'm gonna try to tell this with a straight face because I don't want to be a jerk. Um so this House of the Dragon watch, you're gonna see a picture of in a sec. It's from Cross Studio, it's gorgeous. It costs uh-huh. a measly hundred and seventeen thousand four hundred and forty three dollars. And when are you getting yours, Dan? I'm not. It comes with the egg, to be fair. So it, the, it, it's the, the watch it and the egg for that. And, the, and, and and there are multiple colors you can choose from. Cross Studio is like this really high end watchmaker. And they've made other kind of like tie in watches, I think, for like uh, the Book of Boba Fett. They made one and they're really, really expensive. They're Swiss. Those are prices in like Swiss francs. And I translated that to dollars. Um, seems expensive for a watch. Seems very expensive for a watch. I don't care if you made it out of like actual Valyrian steel. It seems expensive. It's really expensive. Which it is. Which no, it, I believe like it is. Dallas I believe steel. it's. Well, Daniel, it's not the problem Damascus is steel. Valyrian steel isn't real, so it's not made of Valyrian steel, but it's made but it's of like fancy thing. steel. <laughs> yes, but it's not the same yeah. thing as it being made of Valyrian steel. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's fair. Pricey okay, ass watch. Okay. Pricey ass dragon watch. It's not forged in the fires of Valyria. Fine, if but only. it looks cool. Maybe I'm not sure it'd be worth that then, but um, it'd be a easier case. Um, Daniel, <clears throat> Liv yes. Tyler and Carl Lumby will return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Captain America: New World Order. Captain America Four. Yeah, I'm starting to get really hyped for this movie. So Liv Tyler was cool. Betty uh, Betty Ross, so Thunderbolt Ross's daughter in The Incredible Hulk. This is her first time back in the MCU since then. So it's really cool to see them tying back to that movie. And Carl Lumby, of course, was Isaiah Bradley in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So they are building out the cast for this thing. Um, he was a total highlight. So I'm cool. excited that they're both in this movie. Um all right, last story. A... Okay. Huh? What'd we you read say? that first buzzer, and then after that, we just failed every time. Anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, uh, so this is a, a slight downer we're going to end with, but again, important news. So PETA oh. condemned oh. the Lord mm. of the Rings, the Rings of Power, after a horse died of cardiac arrest on the set. Yes, a horse had a heart attack instead of the Lord of the Rings of Power season two. 
and PETA, which is the animal rights organization, slammed them for it in a pretty like shady statement. Um, I guess there's not much to say. I, I don't know if the horse death was something that couldn't be avoided or if someone was responsible. They could have been more yeah. careful. I don't know. Um, should they only ever use CGI animals forever and ever? Maybe. I, I'm not sure about that either. I've been very unhelpful. That's what happened, though. And now it's my opinion. And now the show's <laughs> over. God, um, <laughs> thank you for, for, for watching. It's a lot of fun. Some great comments today. Thank you all for weighing in. As Leo says, oh. we saw Lady Gaga in American Horror Story. She'll do a great Harley Quinn. What? What's funny? Oh, um. <laughs> I'm laughing at Stephen <laughs> Howie's comment. That is good. Maybe YouTube. the horse read the script maybe, and dropped dead. Maybe it. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Brutal, it was a Steven. genius horse. <laughs> and we lost it to cardiac arrest. Ooh. I could read. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, exciting things happen. And you know, if you guys, if you enjoyed this, we're here every single Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, you know, 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Mountain, 3 p.m. Uh, uh, noon West Coast. I assume I'm not sure what time it is in England, but some you know a period of time. Who knows? It's possible. Um, and we're also available in podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. We're there. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, come back, hang out, ask more questions. We'll rap with us. We're just going to rap. We're going to answer. We're going to have a good time. Um, thanks for watching. Thank you, Martha, for watching. And see you next week when I will still not have my $117,000 watch from Cross Studios. Who needs that when I have my $200,000 Valyrian Steel anklet that you can't see because the camera doesn't go down that far. See you next week. Bye. Hey, carry on. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.